0: What is going on everybody? It's been so long. Anyway, welcome back to The MonsterCast! Since the beginning of time, people have feared the one thing that they couldn't control. Death. So it's no surprise that the stories of life after death began along with precautions that were to be met in order to accredit the best possible eternity. However, like all rewards that go with things good and honorable, there must also be consequences for the sinful and criminal. This is where one can imagine the origin of undead and spiritual folklore coming into play. For every greedy, selfish, sinful soul, there was always a chance after passing away of revival as a ghostly manifestation of their worst qualities doomed to repeat their wrongdoings forever, or return as something more sinister and grotesque to indefinitely wreak havoc on the living. The list of all things spiritual and undead is quite a spectrum of supernatural beings, always growing as stories and theories about the afterlife and its more ominous side continue to adjust to the modern age. In this episode, I have handpicked a few restless apparitions and undead monsters that have topped my personal, creepy, yet interesting charts, and contributed the most to the genre. I have chosen to leave zombies out on account of making room for some of the more less known varieties. Nothing belongs in the spiritual and undead category more than a creature known as a revenant. It is a visible spirit of a revenge-stricken or infamous person or beast with glowing red eyes which first became known in the middle ages. It would possess its very own corpse to continue its dirty work from beyond the grave. The name derives from the Latin word revenance, which translates to returning, and also the French verb revenir, or to come back. It happens to share similar characteristics as the average zombie, on account of it usually appearing as decaying reanimated corpses, and much like vampires for the preferred method of sucking the blood from their victims. Also like vampires, revenants only appeared at night. And during the day they were forced to retreat back to their burial spot to rest in a death-like sleep this just so happens to be the perfect time to destroy the revenant because it was helpless if you managed to find the grave the process involved digging up the corpse decapitating the head removing the heart and burning the body to make sure it didn't rise again a well-known story about this particular undead is the one involving a man named Abbott. In the year 1090, two peasants who had run away were found dead and were then buried in the Burton Town Cemetery. Abbot of Burton documented the case and reported that the very next day, the corpses of both peasants were seen roaming around town, dragging behind them the coffins they were buried in. They walked up and knocked on people's doors and begged them to join them. Those who refused them slowly began to fall ill and die. And it was only then, after realizing that both peasants had become revenants, that the choice was made to exhume both bodies, decapitate them, and remove their hearts. After this had been successful, the villagers who had fallen ill recovered. Ghouls are next on the list, and they relate closely to a zombie as well. The term ghoul originates from the Arabic word ghul from gala, meaning to seize. Most believe that ghouls are related to the galas from Arabic folklore, who were supreme demons often roaming the streets in dark or deserted locations such as graves, mountaintops, or ruins. They would often go out at night to torture their victims via holes or crevices into their homes, consuming their flesh and bones and drinking their blood. These demons were said to be so terrifying that they were later linked to nightmares. In the Arabic collection of folklore titled The Thousand and One Nights, ghouls were described as vile tricksters who would kidnap their victims and even transform into beautiful women to lure lustful men to their deaths. The original Arabic didn't classify ghouls as grave robbers, however. It wasn't until after Antoine Gallen's French translation of the folklore that these myths arose. In the 8th century, Tibetan Book of the Dead, which chronicles a Buddhist journey through death, speaks of the spirit encountering Pasachi ghouls, which were female beings with bestial heads who had an appetite for bones and viscera. The common traits of ghouls usually revolve around shape-shifting cursed individuals or demons who wander deserted areas, luring anyone it can into isolation where it can devour them. They usually end up taking the form of their most recent victim, and if kept fed, requiring about 10 to 15 pounds of flesh a day can be indistinguishable from a normal human, operating well within society, aside from a little extra human strength. Most ghouls who were caught were just thought of as mere cannibals, however if the ghoul goes without food for too long, it begins to slowly decay and go insane, showing its more true form, which is pale and veiny, with their nails becoming long like claws. The only way to officially kill a ghoul was to decapitate it, or completely annihilate its head. My personal favorite is the next undead monster of the list, the Lich. A Lich is described as a cadaverous or skeletal being usually clothed in mage robes, which can use arcane magic to control armies of lesser undead beings to protect itself. A major king who wished to have eternal life would use magic to secure their soul and life force within a phylactery. The small sealed metal box would contain strips of parchment on which arcane phrases would be inscribed, and until destroyed would secure its immortality. In literature, a 1929 novella by Robert E. Howard titled "Skullface" talks of these undead sorcerers, which use mystical means to secure a semblance of life. Unlike the usual zombie, which usually operated with minimum intelligence or under a hive mind. A lich relates much to a revenant in the sense that it remains as intelligent as when it was alive, allowing it to continually learn new magic and sustain its existence. Van Richten's guide to liches describes locales who have folk songs which sing of liches whose undead bones are as strong as iron, and that standing water will freeze if a lich is near, even in the hottest summer. The music also tells of their spells being so strong that they can reduce even the tallest mountains to dust. If it wasn't apparent, the only true way of killing a lich was to somehow find a way to destroy its unique phylactery, which would release its soul from its current limbo state. The Wraith is definitely a spiritual force to be reckoned with and makes for the next to final monster on this list a wraith is essentially the spirit of a person who practices in dark magic. Hoping for immortality or attempting to manipulate time yet failing to accomplish it, the essence is left behind without a physical body, and its mind is soon driven mad by its deepest fears. Although wraiths become very powerful and immortal, their souls are taken from them, which means that they are doomed to hover between dimensions without ever reaching the heavenly spiritual realm. Although it is not certain, wraiths are imagined to be skeletal in appearance, wearing dark robes with a black hole where its face should be. Others think that they have no form at all and are merely dark, shapeless shadows. According to known lore, there are a few variations of wraith. Such variations include the rage-driven wraiths, which are known to only know devastating emotions such as hatred and despair, and their sole desire—no pun intended is to steal the souls of others, cursing them to drift with the wraith for eternity. Some even remain highly intelligent and may seek out an individual who has wronged them. The second known type of wraith is a more parasitic variety in which it lies in wait in any empty space until it finds a human victim to meld with. It then proceeds to possess them indefinitely and can even provide the individual with a form of demonic power. The victim never actually becomes aware of the possession, however, and more than likely will continue to live their normal life. If the human decides to have children, part of the wraith is transferred to the unborn child, creating what is known as a blood child. A third form of the wraith is also the rarest form, and is known as a boror. The wraith will follow a person from the moment they are born to the time of their death, and is perceived as a watcher or warden of sorts. Since wraiths are technically ghosts, it means that they are entirely immune to physical damage. Unless, however, the object happened to be imbued with holy energy. This is the only way to defeat a wraith, unless the individual represents holiness themselves, such as a priest, in which just the sight of them will drive the wraith away. Be warned, however, because if the wraith is not defeated, it may strike out in a rippling wave of rage, which, if demonstrated close enough to a community of people, has the ability to absorb all of the townspeople's will to live. When they can no longer go on, the wraith will then take all of their souls to add to its tragic group of miserable spirits in revenge. The final undead to the list is what's known as the Jianxi. The Jianxi is a vampire creature of Chinese folklore, which more than likely stems from Western Hunan in Zhangxi, where often corpses of people who had left town for work were returned via masked men who carried them single file on bamboo sticks where they seemed to bounce up and down while they walked. The people were carried during the night and it was all for the sole purpose of preventing their spirits from becoming homesick. Common with most undead origins, the Jianxi is formed after a deceased person is affected by specific circumstances, such as their soul being unable to leave the body due to violent tendencies, suicide, or improper death, and also if the corpse has not yet been buried after a funeral, and then lightning strikes the body, or a pregnant cat leaps across it. Some films have made known that a person who becomes injured by the Jiangxi will then be infected with the Jiangxi virus and will transform into one when they die. The Jiangxi is said to wear a uniform-like robe and hat, characteristic of a Chinese official during the Qing dynasty, and also has a paper talisman with a sealing spell hanging from their forehead. Its actual appearance ranges from unremarkable to very horrific, with greenish molded skin, long white hair, and rigor mortis limbs which cannot bend, forcing the monster to hop along using its oddly stretched arms. It is said that the Jianqi will usually behave with animalistic qualities, and search the night tirelessly for victims whose chi can be stolen for sustenance to make it more powerful. During the daytime, the creature would hide away in its coffin or nearby cave until dark. With the popular vampire stories spreading in the west, drinking the blood of its victims was soon added to the list of Gianchi's modern interpretation. According to the myths, there are a number of ways to counter or kill the creature, ranging from using a simple broom to dropping coins for them to pick up or holding one's breath when one was near. Other techniques included using more deadly weapons such as axes and fire or even ritualistic things such as blood of a black dog, hooves of a black donkey, or showing the creature a mirror since it is known to be terrified of its own reflection. All in all, death is a force that is here to stay and will encourage even more creatures to be imagined because of it. The myths of afterlife creatures are here to show that some strongly believe that we are not meant to live forever, and if we choose to try, somewhat terrible circumstances may occur. Wherever your personal views lie is up to you, and so is your choice to believe in such creatures. I just provide the information, but the truth is yours to decide. I know it's been a while. But thank you once again for listening. This podcast, as usual, was written, produced, and researched by me. The cover art for this show was hand-drawn by my awesome friend Forrest, and support is greatly appreciated, so please subscribe, follow, and share this if you enjoyed it. With that being said, I will hopefully catch you all once again in the next one.